Welcome to Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is Rob Linden. Hello. So, Rob, are you ready to talk about a character that everyone thought was going to be dead forever? Ooh. I... I think I am, but surely no surely no character actually dies forever in the Marvel Universe. Well, so far, like, I mean, Uncle Ben is kind of dead forever. Yes. Kind of. He was brought back as a clone, but then he was like... But but this is on the list of, like, the two characters I was just like, okay, there's two people who have to stay dead. Bucky. Uh, who the hell is Bucky? I know, who's Bucky? Who is Bucky? Who is this person who barely has a page of information? <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, Bucky, or um, in his um, his old timey outfit, yeah. So this is uh, this is Bucky one, not yes. Bucky two, which is Rick Jones. He was Bucky for like one time, mm, and then well, he was pulled out of being Bucky after getting the shit beat out of him. And technically, there was a Bucky. There were a couple Buckys in between. Uh, this guy and Rick Jones. Well, well, okay, so okay, so no, Bucky, no, Rick Jones was Bucky was three. Bu- Bucky no. two was Jack Monroe. Uh, actually, no, uh, Rick Jones was Bucky four. Four. Who am I missing? Uh, you are missing Fred Davis, who was the sidekick of post-war replacement caps uh, William Nasland and Jeffrey Mace, uh, former who were previously known as the Spirit of '76 and the Patriot. Uh, they're they're from the uh, he was from the he served in the All Winners Squad, which was briefly called the Liberty Legion. Well, the, they were called oh. the Liberty Legion during World War II, and then after the war had been won, they changed their name at the behest of President Truman to the All Winners Squad. But yeah, um, I uh, I talked about them very briefly, uh, because apparently there's supposed to be appendix. For them, but they're not. No, but I and I I actually was not clear on this myself until fairly recently. But uh, and I'm going to plug this again for the first time, for the first of what will be many times. Uh, we were, uh, I'm on the Marvel research team, and we were doing research for the history of the Marvel universe. Yep. And the the Liberty Legion All Winners Squad stuff is covered in issue two of that uh, book in stores now. Yes. Um. Yeah. You are part of the team. That is helping write that. I mean, yes. that is helping with research, and it is a. It's one that I'm definitely going to be buying. Mm-hmm. And you said Treasury Edition, or uh, yeah, it's gonna. It's yeah, it's one of those like big Marvel Treasury Editions where it's oversized, so you can really see that gorgeous Javier Rodriguez art. Yeah, I'm going to be definitely buying that because mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I like the history of the Marvel Universe. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like. It's a thing I do. I mean, I'd never guess it from the entirety of this podcast. I'm only almost 450 episodes in. So yeah, uh, J- this is James Buchanan Barnes, named after one of America's worst presidents. Anyway, J- uh, James Buchanan, he was 15th president, I mean, and I think a lot of people blame him for basically not addressing the issues that led to the Civil War. So he's considered oh, wait, to be one a- of the worst presidents. 
if if we're gonna if we're gonna blame people for not addressing the issues to the Civil War, well, you might as well blame everyone before. Well, this is true, but it's still a weird guy <laughs> to name your kid after in, I guess, the thirties. I mean, I mean, whatever, whatever. I mean, I mean, he definitely wasn't messed up, a messed up character that had a lot of uh, darkness in his soul. Um, so he was an adventurer and partner of Captain America. Oh, by the way, he's in. Uh, so he's in his uh, World War II outfit, which is basically it's kind of a. It's kind of like a circus outfit, sorta. It's kind of like yeah, like think like if you look like belt below, it's kind of like a Robin's outfit. Like he's not allowed to wear long pants. He's nope. just wearing like leggings, I guess, and he has uh, pirate boots. Arr. Um, and then above he has like. I don't know what that type of shirt is called, where it has the buttons all the way no, around. No, I you see that in superhero costumes, but I'm not exactly sure what you call that. And he has like just a domino mask. Yes. And we'll talk about his future a little bit more because he's. I mean, I think everyone knows, but you know. Um. So he's a citizen of the United States with no criminal record. His identity mm. is secret. No former aliases, and he was born in Shelbyville, Indiana. Ah. Uh. Arch rival of Springfield. And he died in the English Channel. Or did he? Okay. <laughs> so uh, his marital status is single because I think he's a teenager at this time. He was definitely a minor. He had no known relatives. And his first modern appearance was in Avengers number four. But his first actual appearance was all the way back in March 1941. Uh, in Captain uh, Captain America Comics issue number one, meet Captain America, and this is the oh uh, he gets a shout out on the cover and everything. Also, Captain America's young ally Bucky. Yeah, and you also get the pretty sweet shot of Captain America punching punching Hitler. That's right. You know what? One thing I love about the Marvel Universe, it, it, canon in the Marvel Universe, is that the original Human Torch just roasted. <laughs> Uh, roasted uh, Hitler alive in his bunker. That is correct. I I, I think that's a pretty sweet deal. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's just like that. It's just a really it's first off really like just metal thing for the ritual Human Torch to do. Like go Jim ha- uh, Hammond. Uh-huh. Did he did he go around after that bit? Like yo, I was the guy who killed Hitler. Not really, but occasionally it will come up. I mean, I feel like you should just bring that up a lot. I think Jim Hammond's kind of a humble guy. I mean, I don't know, like... And also, you don't want him to be too, you know, full of himself, because he's also like a robot who can incinerate you. But, okay, but here's the thing. I don't care if you're a robot, a talking horse, whatever. If you killed Hitler, you have to mention it a lot. Although, I I vaguely recall that there's some sort of, like, there was some sort of government cover-up of it. Well, whatever. Okay. Well, um, so his origin was in Tales of Suspense, issue number 63, and his final appearance was in Avengers, issue number 4, also 56. Yes. I'm not understanding that. Why? Well, I guess I think maybe 56 also recounts... um, the uh how 
Cap got frozen in the ice and Bucky, quote unquote, died. I wouldn't count that as a final appearance, though. I would count that as a flashback. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, I mean, it's also weird that they only mention his modern appearance and not his actual first appearance in Captain America Comics number one. It's it's a little weird. They're a little weird about mentioning like stuff before, like the you know the the birth of the Marvel universe. Yes, like they, I don't know why. I mean, the the rule with the Golden Age stuff is that it's always sort of quasi canonical. I, I think a lot of it has sort of been like it happened, but the Golden Age comics that you read are actually comics that were produced at the time, dramatizing those actual events. It was like Unsolved Mysteries, the comic. Yeah, I, li- I like that they do that in the Marvel Universe. Hmm. I wonder if do they get do they see any royalties like the heroes? Uh some of them do. Like the like the Fantastic Four actually have like a deal. I mean, of course the fant- I mean, of course the Fantastic Four. They have to pay rent. That's right, and and I think like the Avengers have some sort of deal, but like Spider Man, who is you know a vigilante whose identity is unknown, doesn't see one red cent from it. Although, like, so, okay, so let's say you have to. So, okay, you are like a hero in the Marvel universe. And you have, like, enough fame that someone would, like, make, like, a, let's say, a TV movie about you. Okay. But you have a secret identity. Okay, Could you so- fight that in the cur- courts, being like, hey, I should get some, like, royalties from this? this- or would you have? This was sort of covered a little uh, in She-Hulk when uh, Spider-Man tries to sue J. Jonah Jameson for uh, publishing slander about him. Well, actually, sorry, I guess libel, because libel is printed. Yeah. And uh, it is possible, uh, however, of course, that the complication was that uh, Bugle photographer Peter Parker was also complicit in it. Oh, then he would be... Okay. But as far as the TV movie goes, I don't know... Like, I don't know if you make a TV movie about a real event, how that exactly works. As far as... Because life rights have to be involved if the person's alive. Right. Right? I guess maybe not if they're necessarily public events, though. Hmm. And also, part of it is that uh, you can't make any money off a crime you committed. But is it a- is it so- it's vigilante. And that is technically a crime. Even though everyone kind of lets it go. I mean, pretty much everyone lets it go. Uh, But I- I know that they have made moves- I mean, there's, um- they did make a Captain America movie in-universe during World War II. And I vaguely remember that Wonder Man was in a movie uh, about somebody. I It might also have been Captain America. I can't recall. Because, of course, Wonder Man was also a Hollywood movie star in addition to being a superhero. And I remember in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they made like a... They made it was like a tiny, like a tiny, tiny little Easter egg, but it was like basically Nathan Fillion playing. Oh, it was was a Simon Simon Williams, yes, a bunch Simon of movie Williams, posters. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, I want that to happen. Just give me a washed up Wonder Man. That's that's what I want. Okay, sorry, we were talking about. Yeah, none of this pertains to Bucky because you're sending those royalty checks to the bottom of the English Channel. Well, maybe, maybe. 
Okay, sorry. I keep on doing a look to the camera. Yeah. Okay, so Bucky Barnes was a teenage ward of the state assigned to Camp uh, Lehigh? Lehigh. Lehigh, okay. Lehigh in Virginia. His mother died when he was a child. His father died in an accident while in basic training at Camp Lehigh. Barnes served as the camp mascot and was particularly close to Private Steve Rogers, pri- secretly Captain America. Yeah, that kind One of thing. Night- just, that kind of thing just sort of happened in the forties. Like uh, you know, kids' parents died; they kind of just let whoever keep him. Well, I mean, I don't think the idea of taking care of a child like existed at, at that point. No. Yeah, you just kind of you just kind of had them around and be like you know have them do some work and feed them so they don't cry. Mm. Yeah. Uh, one night, Barnes happened into Rogers' tent as he was changing into his mask identity. I'm. You're too close to this grown man, teenage boy. Seduction like, of the innocent, indeed. Uh, sworn to secrecy, Barnes begged his idol to let him train with him and become his partner. For several months, Barnes underwent the intensive training program under. Captain America's tutelage, finally becoming a finally becoming skilled enough to be given a costume, and to permitted to undertake missions with his mentor, using the name Bucky, which I'm pretty sure was already his nickname. Yes, because he would want to be called uh, Buchanan or James. Yeah, when Captain America entered World War Two. After the bombing of Pearl Harbor in December 1941, Captain America and Bucky abandoned their military identities for most of the war to devote their full energies and to serving as costume freedom fighters. They soon found themselves allied with the Submariner, the original Human Torch, and his young mutant partner, Arturo, and a team that Winston Churchill dubbed the Invaders. Bucky served, Cap- uh, served Captain America and the Invaders capably and faithfully, leaving the team only temporary to organize and lead his own team. Uh, lead lead his own team of teenage soldiers, the Kid Commandos. Rob, yes. Did people know child soldiers were wrong in the forties? Uh no, no, they did not. I'm just saying. So. My main problem with this is you have a teenager who are fighting Nazis. Valiant. That's valiant. You know? Yeah. Right. But then you get other teenagers involved. I mean, technically, I think they they didn't, like, go overseas. They, like, fought, like, Nazi saboteurs and stuff in America. That's still not good. I mean, it's like the new warriors, or uh, you know, the champions, the new mutants. But this, but this is like government sanctioned. They're like, they're like vigilantes. This is like the government being like, okay, do this. Listen, we got a war on. We got a kid in like you know a circus outfit. We got another kid who can set himself on fire. We got another kid who can spin around really fast. That was uh, that was the human top. And we got uh, like a girl who can like shoot light from her hands. That was uh, that was Golden Girl, yeah. not related to B. Arthur. She was she was uh, Japanese American. So once uh, 
wants to rescue the invaders from the Red Skull, Bucky assembled a team of costume superhumans who operated on the home front, a group that would remain together until the end of the war, known as the Liberty Legion. Mm-hmm. In the late for- uh, in the late uh, 1945, uh, towards the end of the war, Captain America and Bucky were in London, England, on the trail of the Nazi scientist, Baron Heinrich Zemo, who we talked about recently. Guy with the ski mask glued to his face. Yes. Um, they discovered Zemo in the process of stealing an experimental drone built by the Allies. In the ensuing battle uh, with Zemo's powerful humanoid robot, both Captain America and Bucky were rendered unconscious and strapped to the drone of the uh, be to the drone plane to be delivered to Hitler in Berlin. Unable to stand the sight of his patriotic costumes, their patriotic costume. Oh my God, this is worse. This is this is a worse telling of what I've read before. <laughs> Basically, uh, Zemo put a bit some army uniforms. Over their costumes. He didn't, like, strip them down. Yes, this is why uh, in Avengers 4, when Cap is unfrozen, he, he just seems to be like a guy in a uniform, but then it's tattered, and so it's a dramatic reveal that he's Captain America. And so this is, uh, I'm guessing, Roy Thomas kind of trying to explain this. Yeah. Zemo dressed them in their army uniforms, managed to escape before Zemo activated the plane. The two American champions saw the drone plane quickly move uh, just before they jumped off. Quickly, Captain America and Bucky grabbed a motorcycle and tried to catch up with it. Just before it flew out uh, of reach, the two leapt for the plane. Bucky leapt for- first and managed to get a grip on the plane's wing. Captain America missed, shouting uh, to his partner to let go in case the plane was booby-trapped. And it was. Uh, Bucky ignored his mentor's command, thinking that he would be able to defused the bomb before it went off. The plane exploded, killing Bucky instantly. Captain America plunged into the English Channel, undergoing the process of suspended animation. Hey, Rob. Uh Uh-huh. Don't people swim in the English Channel? Yes, but I guess it was winter. I mean... Like... It's... I mean, at least have them, like, closer to, like, nor- north, like, up more north. Yeah, I mean, th- thankfully the movie just has them crash into the North Pole. I mean, I'm just saying, it's a pretty good retcon there. Yes. When you just say he landed, like, in the Arctic Circle somewhere. Yeah. But, um, Bucky remains were never recovered. I wonder why. Hmm. Captain America was, uh, couldn't, uh, was... Not to get revenge on Zemo's for Bucky's death until he awoke from spinning animation decades later. After the disappearance of Captain America and the death of Bucky, towards the end of World War II in Europe, the costume adventurers uh, named the Spirit of 76 assumed the role of Captain America, and a boy named Fred Davis, who once aided the original Bucky, became the second Bucky, and the partner to this new Captain America. Right. And did he die? Am I going to see him? Am I going to talk about Fred Davis? Because I don't remember talking about him. He died, but long after the handbooks were published. And I don't think he got an entry. I almost wish they didn't say see appendix. Yeah, they really thought they were going to publish that thing. 
They really did, and I really would have liked if they did it. Both the second Bucky and the second Captain America served as members of the post-war All Winter Squad. Uh, Davis's subsequent history was yet uh, uh, is yet unrecorded. Jack Monroe became the third Bucky, who was the partner of the fourth Captain America. In the wait, who was the third? Wait, who was the uh, third Captain America? Third Captain America was uh, Jeffrey Mace, alias the Patriot, and he was also oh, Davis's partner. Yes, you're going to get will, to him uh, in a while. Yeah, I'm going to get. I'm going to talk about him. I could have swore when I read the Jack Monroe, it said Captain America Two. No, he was part of for Captain America Two, but I might have. I might have been misremembering. Yeah, this is the problem with the numbering guys. You never know when somebody's going to retcon in somebody else, and then all your uh, all your stuff's out of order. Yeah, yeah. Well, as far as we know, we don't have a different Baron Zemo one, so at least that's you know good. Yes. Um. Both the second Bucky and the second... Wait, I said that. Jack Monroe became the third Bucky, who was a partner of the fourth Captain America in the 50s. Day... Oh, Grand Director. He became the Grand Director and died when when he became... Like, after he was unfrozen, he then fell into the hands of, like, some neo-Nazis or something. Oh, he's he's the guy in the clan robes with the Nazi. Not kind of a clan robe. He's kind of got, like, a... Pointed mask, sorta. He's definitely well, got a Nazi armband, though. Yeah. So okay, okay. Yeah. I was I, I was looking forward to talk about that dude because I'm just like this dude is just I, I this is basically just like if you made a buff clans person and put a neo Nazi thing on him. Yeah. Um. Today, Bucky Three is the costume adventurer called Nomad. Yeah. So. Um. So he was five seven, weighed fifty pounds, brown eyes, brown red hair. He was a kid who had a decent amount of strength, no superhuman powers, and he's an Olympic level uh, athlete with intense training in the unique acrobatic combat style of Captain America. Of course, he's acrobatic and um, an Olympic class athlete because he's a human in the Marvel universe. So we're pretty much done. Are they still dead? Now, Rob, uh-huh. I have a question for you. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> one of his arms is. <laughs> um. Uh. So it turns out, um, Ed Rubraker was just like, "Hey, you know, one of the two characters I thought was going to be dead forever. Well, guess what." Not only is he not dead, I'm going to make him 50 times more interesting, and he's a good character. Yes. He came back as the Winter Soldier, a brainwashed, robot-armed Soviet sol- Soviet assassin. And if and if I'm remembering correctly, supposedly whenever he was Bucky, like, the government was giving him wet work, where basically he was, like, basically taking people out on the side when Captain America was doing all the heroic stuff on the front. Yeah, it was all, oh, gee, Willikers, Cap, we really showed those Ratsies, and then he'd go off and, like, slit some throats. Yeah. And, um, turns out he was just a stone-cold killer ever since he was a teenager. And then, turns out, he didn't die. He was, he lost one of his arms from the bomb. And now he's the Winter Soldier, and he's going to have his own show with the Falcon. That's right. Uh, starring Gossip Girl's Sebastian Stan. Who is probably going to look, ex- who looks a lot like uh, 
Mark Hamill. He does look a lot like Mark Hamill. Yeah. I just get that I man be- a, get that man a haircut. Yes. So what do you think of Bucky? I mean, he is kind of the prototypical I mean, obviously Robin is the prototype, but he is very much in the nineteen forties golden age kid sidekick. Doesn't really have any powers, doesn't really wear pants. Uh, you know, he's he's not really that interesting on his own, and I think that, you know, Stan Lee was uh, you know, basically made a good choice in saying that, uh, you know, this guy sucks, and I'm just going to kill him off to give Captain America some more character depth in the future. But on the other hand, I really do think uh, the Winter Soldier stuff uh, by Brubaker was very well handled, and everybody also really likes it. Yeah, like, honestly, like, I think Brubaker did a good job at spinning something that was kind of like a throwaway thing they did because... You know, he wasn't the, the the character that they wanted him to be. And then they turned him into a pretty interesting character that has a lot of depth. So. Yes. Good job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Um, let's do plugs. What, what do you have to plug? All right. So I am on the. Uh, I, I do. I also record the uh, Stasis Pod, a podcast that goes episode through by episode through various Transformers series. We're currently on Transformers Prime, uh, finishing up the third season. And uh, I'm also on the Marvel research team, and we are uh, we are consulting on the history of the Marvel Universe, a gorgeous uh, six-issue limited series detailing the history of the Marvel Universe from the Big Bang into the far future. Uh, it's written by Mark Wade, uh, drawn by Javier Rodriguez, and consulted on by a bunch of people who include me. First yeah. three issues are in stores now. Check them out. You should definitely read it if you like a like a a fifty million yard view of like the history of the Marvel Universe. It's just jam packed with lots of little cameos and of stuff, and you know it's pretty good. I like it a lot. You mm. should read it. So now, uh, my plugs are things that I'm going to say right now. Okay. So I have another podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids in somewhat lurid detail. And I also have a podcast called uh, Limited Theories, where I talk about limited Marvel series issue by issue with my friend Rob. Not this one, the other one. That I have on this show a lot. If you want to see the pictures of people we're talking about, you can go to at Alphabet Flight on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to see pictures of my cat, you can go to at Marvelous Mooch on uh, on Alphabet Flight and um, on Instagram. And uh, I'll start posting pictures of him again because I haven't stopped taking pictures. I just haven't posted them. Mm. Uh, and uh, this has been Alphabet Flight. And. Justice is served. Bye. Good night.